This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Not everything metal was created equal. What an ugly thing to say. The Metal Sucks Podcast. Shiggity Chuck and Godless attempt to bring order to chaos or just make stupid jokes about dumb people. Stupid. A person below normal intelligence. This is the Metal Sucks Podcast. Greetings and salutations, my fine metal friends. Welcome to another edition of the Metal Sucks Podcast. How the hell are you doing? I'm Chuck. And I'm Godless. And this is your weekly examination of all things metal, the Metal Sucks Podcast. Make sure you are subscribed to us all over the damn place. We want you to find this podcast. You can do so on iTunes, on Stitcher, on Google Play, and of course at MetalSucks.net every single Monday. That's where we post it. And you can find us. Leave us some comments. Leave us some stars. Whatever the hell you do. I don't know. It's different things in different places. Just make sure you tell your friends about it. All right? All right? All right? We would appreciate it. You can also find us on social media. I am at Bearded Ape. I am at Godless Speaks and Godless Speaks on Facebook. Godless Speaks on Spotify. And uh, also at Chuck and Godless on Instagram. And ChuckandGodless.com will be our Patreon. If you would like to support us, we would appreciate that. At some point in the future, I will do stuff. That will be for you guys. I I yeah, promise. You keep on saying you will. I know. I keep <laughs> fucking up. Uh, hey man, it's been it's been a busy couple of weeks. It really has, man. Uh, you got a busy day tomorrow too. But uh, that that God. you'll be just sitting around watching a band in your studio. You got plenty of time to post shit. I know, man. Oh, dude, yeah, it's gonna be great. Well, I've got a band filming uh, a music video here. They're doing kind of an Airheads thing. Uh, so yeah, they're like dressed like '90s. I'm like, what the fuck? I I, I still look like I'm in the '90s, man. I mean, uh, I I wore cargo pants in 1992, and I'm wearing car. I'm probably wearing the same cargo pants I had in 1992. Mostly, no, those are probably size 32. These are a little bit bigger. I had to buy new ones. So yeah, but yeah, that's that's my day tomorrow. It's gonna be a long ass day. <sighs> Who we got this week? Who we got this week? This week we got uh, Evan Brewer uh, of uh, the Mighty Entheos. His new project, of course, he is no longer with the Faceless. Uh, we talked a little bit about that too. Find out a little more detail, just a little more detail about what actually went down uh, with him leaving uh, leaving the Faceless. And we also find out about the new project and why and what and when and you know he's feeling he was feeling a little under the weather but you know he perked up a little bit made him laugh here and there so that's a good thing we got him in there gonna hear a new song from entheos a new song from f i, I guess that's how you pronounce it i don't know i don't know if that's I dig this tune dude it's a good track man it really is and i've i've, I've kind of been a fan of the band before but you this is kind of your first thing with them right you, you never, yeah yeah okay. as i called them gent god apocalypse <laughs> <laughs> it's good stuff it really is man I hate to say female fronted, but uh, because that always sounds kind of weird. But uh, yeah, it's it's really good. A French metal band. Uh, we'll play a song from their new record. That's uh, that's pretty badass. I think you'll enjoy that. Uh, we also want to talk about uh, this whole monuments debacle with uh, yeah. with what happened with them dropping off a tour because of finances uh, and how that's dumb. Um, yeah, they, like all the Entheos fans, hopefully are listening, and you know they're wondering what happened with monuments on that tour too. So you guys get to hear us speculate based on zero information <laughs> whatsoever, <laughs> well, just like you are. It's you know? not even speculating on it; it's zero information. It's like looking at what they've. Well, we'll talk about that toward the back of the show because we. we I know that I know that based on what I've seen with those guys live. I could probably make a few guesses on why they don't have any fucking money. You know, it's like, come on, guys, come on, you know, put it together. But uh, this week was a record store day on Saturday. And uh, and boy, howdy, I uh, spent 
time watching Metallica online instead of going to the record store. And yeah, that's you didn't buy a thing. Did I didn't you? buy a thing, not a damn thing this year. And I'm usually gung ho for record store day. Yeah, but you're also a pretty good bellwether of trends. Now, they, now they're seismic <laughs> in your case. Like it takes you a while, but I mean, like you'll know it when there's a major shift happening. You yeah. sense it before anybody oh, because yeah, you're yeah. paying attention. And I think that you're sensing the death, the redeath of the of zombie uh, vinyl. Well, I don't. I don't entirely agree with that. I mean, I I, I think that they're. I think that what we're reaching now uh, with vinyl and all that stuff is we're reaching a point where they've pushed a little bit too far. Um, you know, physical media obviously is is shit as far as sales is concerned. There's no bones about that. But vinyl, you know, it's that idea. Like when I stopped buying CDs, like really going forward, buying new CDs and getting more used CDs and like doing a little more hunting was when CDs were eighteen ninety nine a pop. You remember that, like in like, like in the like the new shit was like seventeen ninety nine, eighteen ninety nine, and it was like, wait a minute, the technology's gotten better. How how why are why is the price going up? It's like it's gotten easier to do. There's a there's no way this should be going up. So it, yeah, but what else on earth it remains the exact same price it was twenty five thirty years ago? Well, no, besides I, I, music, exactly. The, but that's what I'm saying. It shouldn't. It should go down at some point. You know, no, it should go. It should continue to go up. I mean, I pay twice no. as much for a burger. I pay twice as much for my mortgage. I pay twice as much for everything else on that. I, I've got my car. Everything else. Why should I not be paying twice as much for music? No, because the thing is, is that you're you're if you compare it. To what you can get on iTunes if you get a twelve song album for twelve dollars. I'm I'm not comparing it to it. I'm saying music in general is incredibly devalued now. I don't say that it's wrong. I mean it might have been overvalued then, but I'm just saying if you look at how much we spend on a song is a dollar. How much was it twenty years ago? A dollar. How much was it ten years before that? About a dollar. You know, it just hasn't changed at all. And I can't think of any other example that that is consistent with that and any other thing i've purchased ever art or non-art i can see your point there but i mean at the same time though it's i I think they screwed us for a long time and now it's at the point where it's like uh uh no you're not gonna no i'm sorry that's why we're that's why everybody went to getting it for free and ripping ripping it off i i totally agree with that but but you know at the same time uh, you know, the UFC underpaid all of its fighters for a while now, just based on the whole idea that, that well, hey, we nearly went bankrupt and said, you know, now now we're 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 getting the spoils, and that's sort of the same thing with the audience. I think that the statute of limitations has kind of run out on the we're getting our revenge thing. Yeah, for, but it's a, but but it's a, let's try to re up that in the worst time in the worst time ever to do that. You know, when the middle class is just like destroyed right now, and the expendable income is terrible and shit like that. So, I mean, I look at it from a you know, I have got a certain amount of expendable income, and I and I kind of save for shit that I want, like at record store day or or things like that. So, if I want to buy some music Not this or, year, <laughs> well, the thing was is there was nothing I wanted to buy. You know, I wanted yeah. that I wanted that gatefold guar thing that they have, but you know that that was way too expensive. Like the what they were asking for for price wise for some of this stuff has just been way too much. You know, and it, it makes it so it's not feasible. You know, I'm looking at buying a seven inch record for like I think one of the kill switch engaged seven inches was selling for like ten bucks. I'm like, that's two songs for ten bucks. And it doesn't even have like really cool art or anything. 
And it's not exclusive because I can pull it in off the Internet or buy it off iTunes a week later. So, you know, what's the benefit there? You know, I mean, it, it, there's no benefit to having that having that media unless it's got something cool for me to look at. Like the Guar thing was kind of neat because it was a gatefold deal. But it didn't offer you any new expanded artwork like Mass and I had come out with a few that a couple of years ago that were really rad because they were like the bigger, bigger versions of the cool art with more stuff and like extra like extras and shit like that stuff is kind of cool. I, I dig that because that's more art that's involved there. But, you know, it was a little cheaper than what I was seeing this year. So some of the stuff that was expensive is like, well. I don't know. I just I just wouldn't come out. I, it didn't bring me out this year. See, you're just a fan of stuff. You know, like you love like buying like figurines and, you know, think things. You like to have things. I do. Right. Yeah. And and see, I'm a, I, I love that idea that like everything is in my bag and I'm just I can just go. I just no. love that idea. And if I can get everything off of the cloud rather than than, uh, you know, just buying a bigger hard drive, which now I got to do. Uh, then even better, you know, and that's that's pretty freaking great. I no, love that. Knickknacks, dude. I need knickknacks on my shelf. I need stuff on my oh. shelf, and I need stuff on. Yeah, I love my stuff. That's why I do the loot crate thing. It's like they send you little little pieces of shit plastic and stuff that are neat and cute and stuff. And I I put Legos together so that I can have them on my shelf. You know, it's like I I love shit like that. The the knickknacks. It's a good thing. I, I I keep on like I just want to move into smaller and smaller places so that you know and have less and less stuff. No clutter. Actually, no see, clutter. I, I want this. I want a smaller place, but I want all that stuff even closer to me. That's <laughs> uh, I just want to want to even where I can reach everything and then I can touch it every once in a while. You know, like play with it a little bit. And, Wait, yeah. are you the dude from Whitechapel's mom? Hey, <laughs> I just didn't know it. <laughs> uh, it's a hoarder. I've been, uh, yeah, yeah. I shit in a can next to my chair. Uh, it's, it's pretty nice. It's awesome. To be clear, he never said his mom did that. But no, no, you no. know, we we asked for a second interview with him, and we didn't get it. So, so sorry, I uh, I uh, I was mixing it with an episode of Hoarders, is what I was doing. Like, but but no, I mean, I, I actually like that clutter thing to a point. I'm like, I'm a I'm a I'm a very uh, clean clutterer, if you will. Like, I, like all my shit is on shelves, organized. Everything has its place, but uh, you know, it's not like a pile. But I like yeah, stuff. I've, I've I've even gotten to like to the point where, like anything that comes in that's written down, I just scan it and throw it away. I just love <laughs> doing that. It's no. so it feels so good. I need paper. I need paper. Oh, I need lists. No. I need pencils. I write, dude. I still use pencils. Like I, I, living, I write all my lists in li- pencils, man. I've been living here for a year. I had like thirty sheets of paper left, and I I just went and bought another ream like last week. And I I used I printed on thirty sheets of paper. It took me a year. <laughs> I usually I used to print like crazy thirty sheets. I'd go through in a day. Now no now I'm now I just. PDF it and throw it to my Kindle, man. But I love oh, having stuff. I love having records. Like I love having the vinyl. It really is kind of an experience to 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 sit down and to open up a record and to put it on the turntable and to actually plug in your headphones and listen to it and sit there and pay attention to it. Like that. I tell you what, I'm selling tickets five bucks. You can come see the sunset. You want to do that? That <laughs> that's that's what that sounds like to me. It sounds like you're paying for something. To have an experience that you could have for free, but the exp- part of the experience is giving your money up. Well, I do. I mean, but, but, but that's also like having it without the sunset. 
So, I mean, like, hey, come pay for the sunset, but it doesn't actually happen. So, I mean, because part of that experience yeah, is... that's final. <laughs> well, no, part of that experience is having that uh, that visceral piece in your hand and reading along with the lyrics and looking at the artwork and, and, and checking all that stuff out. That's uh, And taking the time to do that while you're listening to the music. And that's actually... You know, I find value in that, and it's it's kind of the value. It's the value that I pay for when I buy when I buy a vinyl album. You know, so I think it's almost over. It's almost over. Well, people, yeah, it's yeah. the high prices will be the first reason that people discover. Eh. But then beyond that, it's like people are just going to slowly realize I bought all this vinyl and I can't get out of my chair to turn <laughs> the record over. It's the same reason that we abandoned it thirty years ago. Yeah, yeah, but this time it'll be colored vinyl. Well, at least then I'll get it all cheap. Uh, so, When's the last you time know. you played a record? Sat down and played a record last weekend. Really? Yeah. You're not saying that just to, just to, no because you got to say it. No, what, I, what'd you spend? I, I, what'd fi- you spend? I finally got the UXO record. I bought. I bought. Uh, oh. I, I bought a copy of the UXO re- record, and it finally came in. And I sat down and listened to it. It's on white vinyl, and and it's awesome. I was a little disappointed that there wasn't more artwork like in on the on the sleeve, but uh, but yeah, no, I listened to that last weekend because. Uh, uh, I put it on my little Crossley and then just jammed it while I was playing some video games. So it was, yeah, it was pretty cool. If you were to ask me last time I played vinyl, my response would be something along the lines of, I don't know, but it was a year that began with the number one. <laughs> uh, see, not me. Not me, dude. I, I'm, I'm legit, bro. I actually do that stuff for real. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. I'm listening to MP3s now. You know, it's just so convenient. It's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. You look at my Spotify record, and it's all like uh, it's all my barbershop music. It has nothing to do with metal these days, right now. So you know, I, I'm 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 a poser in one way and a legit in another. So it's it's, it's all speaking good. of legit, Evan uh, Brewer, uh, Evan Brewer, man of uh, Entheos, new new. Yeah, well, let's not call it a supergroup. I don't want to call it. It's a new band that uh, that he and a, a bunch of cool people that you might know if you examine who they are. You, these names you're going to recognize, but definitely Evan Brewer for sure. We got a chance to talk to him right here on the Metal Sucks podcast. Evan Brewer. Evan, what's up, dude? Uh, I bet you just use a caller ID and try to call me back. I sure did. <laughs> right on, dude. It's uh, Chuck and Godless from the Metal Sucks Podcast, brother. Evan. Hey, man. What's up, man? How you doing? Uh, doing uh, doing pretty well, man. Congratulations on the uh, on the new album. Thank first you off. very much. Appreciate that. It's kind of like we've got all of you sort of like nerdy, proggy metal guys on now that we've gotten you. I mean, we had Rudy on, had the Cynic guys, or like the kings of the nerdy progressive metal guys. But like, like you know, now we got you. We've got the BT Bam guys. It's like you all got a club. You sit around and you know watch you know thoughtful movies together or something. <laughs> well, okay, cool. <laughs> or. <laughs> There was no question there, so I mean, um, yeah, we don't. I'm just you're supposed to either deny or affirm the accusation that you guys get together and watch movies. I've never watched a movie with um, any of the people you mentioned. Actually, um, I, don't, I don't think I've ever even. I don't think I've ever watched a movie with Alex Rudinger, even even though we've been in multiple projects together. Gonna have to set up a date night, I think. Yeah, maybe a book club would be more my speed. I'm not really a movie guy. I'm like not really nerdy. 
Yeah. Mm. <laughs> books. That That's old hardcore. school. Are you electronic books or are you like book books? Like, pay, Are you a paper book guy? I'm a paper book guy. I'm old school. Mm-hmm. You're missing out. You know, I was torrenting books like crazy this week. Just like, just like tons of knowledge that now I can put onto my Kindle and everything's good and I can pretend I know it. Oh, torrenting ebooks, huh? Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm a law-abiding citizen. I don't do that sort of thing. <laughs> <laughs> now that I've already crushed the music industry, I'm going after publishing. Single-handed. Oh, fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, are you a non-fiction guy or are you a fiction guy more? Uh, both. I, I'm coming around to fiction. I've been on, on a fiction kick lately, uh, so that's it's sort of new for me. I, I used to not read fiction at all, but now I'm like, I like the entertainment value of it. It's cool. I'm into it. I mean, like, just because you didn't want the, the enter, you weren't into the entertainment or you're just into, like, learning, and, and that was what it was all about? It was a, because I didn't necessarily want entertainment. It was just more because I I just don't think I'd come across fiction that I really like until kind of recently, actually. Hmm. I do so when I come across movies that you know, about the books, and I go, yeah, but that book's really good. <laughs> yeah, that's a good re- way to kind of reverse find stuff. It's hard to find good stuff to read in the fiction realms, I've found, you know. Well, that, I mean, that all depends on what you enjoy. Like, uh, you know, I mean, if you what, it's a, you start with one thing, kind of like music, you know, you start with one thing that you love and you kind of spider out from that and find stuff and, and keep going. Yeah, I guess it is. It's kind of the same. But there's not as much of a network I've found unless you know something I don't know. It's a way to say for fans of her. Because, like, you could say, I like this band, and then you see them coming through on tour with a bunch of bands that they're probably similar to, and you can go check out those bands, and it kind of grows from there. Whereas, as far as I know, with books, there's only really kind of like genres, and beyond that, there's not much. Yeah. I remember going to see a band in concert that I loved, and, and they had on the, the, the bassist had a sticker on his bass, and it said Tree People. And I'm like, I don't know what that is, but I'm going to buy it. And I bought it, and it was the Doug March who then went on to do Built the Spill. And it's just like that turned into a whole, like, you know, thing where you just like end up d- going into d- d- band after band, all these side projects, etc. You know, it's always kind of interesting yeah, how that worked out. You know, that's a good example. I've found out about some of my favorite bands because another band I liked was wearing the shirt. Whereas I don't think authors really go around wearing uh, other authors <laughs> merch. I don't know if it's that idea. I don't know if it's Game of Thrones, man. They might, they might wind up having the uh, George R. R. might have like a Tolkien shirt on somewhere. You know. <laughs> He might, he might, he might. <laughs> That's hilarious. So, I mean, it, yeah, you got to figure, well, it used to be, too, kind of like the label system was set up, like a publisher, you know, uh, where I used to love everything that came out on Matador Records, you know, it was that, the, the publisher used to be that way. It was like this clearinghouse yeah. was, was everything I wanted was coming from this this particular place. Sure, yeah. It, like, in the olden days before the internet, you would get favorite record labels would send you their catalog. You know, and that's how you'd find out about bands. So I guess it's similar in that regard. Or that mix CD that you used to get, like the the metal, yeah, the metal yeah, blade the mix samplers. CD. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But dude, like the for metal sure. world's becoming like a a thing where it's like seven degrees of Evan Brewer. <laughs> it's like <laughs> you can, we can you know connect it. I mean, is there like anything that you've been associated with where you would say to everybody, "Look, look, look"? You know, I was still getting my legs there. You know, so maybe you don't check that out. You know, I, I, 
mean, everybody's a fan of what you do. Is there anything that you would say, hey, caution, don't go down that road? I'm not really very proud of a lot of the stuff I've done, whether it's uh, with bands <laughs> really? or really? on my own. Yeah, I just, I don't know, man. I'm kind of looking to the future. One thing I think people mistakenly hear about the Reflux Project, and they think that that's going to be some miraculous find because it has me and Tosin Abasi in it, but then you you listen to that, and it's not really... Uh, very good. Um, that'd probably be the main one. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, I What's mean, that, that's great. Is that the dude with the guy from uh, Sumerian in it, too? Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, Ash, right? Yeah. yeah. Ash, yeah. What, what did he do? He was the vocalist. Uh, I was picturing him as like the band's boss tone, you know, the guy who just gets up on stage and, and dances, you know? Like, <laughs> they consider, no, bands don't do that anymore. They should. Like a, or maybe a that, that's what Ash is now. Situation. Yeah. Well, so is that more of you not satisfied with what you did there, or or you have trouble like accepting that that you've done something that's uh, that people dig, or you just can't do uh, it yourself, or is what is that? I think that that project had potential, but it was a mix of older material that they had kind of before I was in the band, and then also it was just I don't know. It just the the CD the out al- that particular album didn't just did not come out well like you can't really hear the bass the production's bad there was just a big thing back then of just trying to get where a producer would even put you loud enough in the mix as a bass player to be able to contribute anything you know uh same with the the animosity album animal you can't even hear the bass at all we kurt blue produced that he did a good job but he just buried the bass i mean so you go to buy something like that expecting to hear what you know me for and it's just not there it's unfortunate but so what do you think has made that change in the last few years because i was actually that was one of the things i was thinking about before talking to you because it seems like the last what what am i five four or five years maybe we starting to really see the bass come up in metal uh, quite a bit more than it ever has been whether you're talking about like tech death and job for cowboys late latest record yeah yeah like some of those albums that have cleaner tones on the bass and a lot of different things that are that seems to be a new trend i agree i think that um it's a trend that's happening in heavy music where uh, the bass players are getting better. The bar has been raised a little bit, you know, from people like Nick, from Job for a Cowboy, or Dan Briggs, or, um, I mean, the list really does go on. There's plenty of good metal bass players. You just couldn't there. hear them before, that's all. Yeah, there. It, but it was just a fight, yeah, because it was always just the simplified version of what the guitar was playing. There wasn't a lot of counterpoint. Um, but now you're starting to see where the bass players are contributing something worth putting up in the mix and also uh, i think people are just starting to realize with modern production and the evolution of the production of heavy music that it can contribute something it's worth taking seriously you know not everybody's doing it i mean a lot of records still don't even barely have it a lot of times it's there like on the animal uh animosity album it's very much there it's it's just in with the guitar in a way where it's emphasizing what the guitar is doing. Yeah, well, that's sonically. a that's a really dense record too. I mean, it's not. Yeah, you know, exactly. Then so, that's just a that was kind of the style at that point, though, too. Yeah, it really was, and also it was a weird marriage of styles going with 
Kurt for that because he's a great producer, but he doesn't produce a lot of music like that. No. So he that's part of what made that album unique. So all in all, I wouldn't discourage anyone from checking that album out. I would just say, say be aware. <laughs> You're not going to hear the bass like you do, for example, on the newest Entheos record. But it sounds like you aren't. It sounds like you. Uh, you're your worst critic. Um, I'm sure there's somebody out there that would tear me down way worse than <laughs> I'm willing to tear myself down. <laughs> but could you could uh, you address the rumor that you show up in the recording studios early and jam chewing gum into the board so that they can't <laughs> pot the bass down nowadays? <laughs> um, I haven't heard that. That's that's a good idea. That's good idea only it's just a rumor is, the only problem is like in the digital world we're oftentimes not even using a, a mixing board to put gum on you'd have to have a digital piece of gum like a virus that you could <laughs> um attach to the bass track that would disable the volume fader that's, that's a the, great that's idea though. the over sounds like a new patch <laughs> yeah the over bass plug in yeah <laughs> 15 yeah <laughs> the o- 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 master override or some kind of virus where like you could have an app on your phone, and right before they send it to the CD pressing people, you could just like crank it up a little bit without anybody knowing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it must have happened in mastering, man. I don't know. I don't know, I don't know what happened. I have learned throughout be- the years, though, to be real nice to the producers and the sound guys at these venues, and just really try to kiss as much, you know, as possible, and so they don't bury me. Yeah. Well, do, I mean, do you find that to be a uh, hard playing live? Because a lot of people that are used to mixing uh, a metal band bury the bass. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely a huge obstacle for us right now in Entheos because we're kind of, by choosing to do this band, we also accepted the fact that even though we our collective names hold a little bit of weight, we really do have to start over from the beginning. I mean, we're not from the starting over from the very beginning, but in terms of um, the logistics of how we're running our band, we are. I mean, we're playing earlier on all these bills than uh, like me or Naveen have in previous bands. We're back in a van. We're doing all that. So the budget to bring a house guy or to bring our own sound guy just isn't really there right now. So we're back to, you know, having a house guy. And they don't know our band a lot of times. Sometimes we go in and they go, oh, man, I can't wait to mix you guys. I'm a fan. And then we know what we're going to get a little more. Yeah. But um, night to night, it's just, it has been a struggle. Yeah, and, and there are nights where people just come up and say they couldn't really hear me. And that that's frustrating, but we're going to build it up pretty quick and get to a point to where we're in control of our show. It's always been my opinion that at least with most metal bands, it actually would be more valuable to bring a front of house sound guy on tour with you than a bassist. <laughs> well, for most, I think it might be. It might be. You know, there's Just, a big trend where people are like not even using bass players anymore. Yeah. A lot of bands. Yeah, but see, word, like, like word I said, I feel like it's the, I feel like I'm seeing more the other way though. You know, the bass players getting like eight, nine more strings and stuff like that these days. Maybe it's a little bit of both. I do, I do feel like we're an endangered species. Whether, whether you think about it in terms of metal or pop music, half the time. Well, most in pop, the band has been replaced completely. Yeah. You know, um, sorry if you can hear me sniffling. I am sick. I'm just got my regular tour illness going, but it's Donuts. fun for the course. 
par for the course. That's what happens when you're in the van, man. You're crammed in together. You know, somebody gets pink eye. It's all yeah, and then it's all downhill from there. Yeah, Chicago last night actually got canceled because the contortionist, multiple guys had food poisoning. Ugh, what did you guys eat? I don't know what they ate. Oh. <laughs> I didn't eat anything. I feel fine. See, I'd, a, I'd almost pay to see contortionists sit on stage squirming with food poisoning. <laughs> That's almost worth pay, admission, you know? Like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they're up there with like IVs and like makeshift toilets or like broadcasting. They've got like a series of porta potties up there that they're just in. <laughs> you can't see them. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that'd be awesome. Every, if, yeah. I don't know. It sounds like there's echo on everything, man. Why do we got reverb on everything? Oh, they're <laughs> singing in the porta potties again. It's interesting <laughs> to me that you bring up the idea that the bass is sort of becoming an endangered species because, on the one hand, you got you know low end that can come from a whole lot of different things. It doesn't have to come from the bass you know right and then on the other right. hand you've got a lot of bassists who are adding so many strings that it really just comes off as frustrated guitaring you know it's just it, sure. it's, you're not really covering the the bottom end anyway yeah there is some of that i mean in, in some ways i'm guilty of that in a sense because i do my solo bass project where a lot of times i'm playing in the register of what a guitar is doing i mean that's a little different because it's not in the context of a band so I've created a context for that rather than try to cram it into a band setting because I do believe that in a band setting, while you can do a lot of interesting things with the bass, you need to stick to that register of the bass frequency and support the band you know, and create a pad, a bridge between the drums and the guitar, you know, between the rhythm and the harmony. Yeah, you got your own clef. I mean, you know, it's, it's really kind of built in there. Yeah, so you kind of need to stick to that. So I am guilty of that to some extent, but um, I, there is a little bit of a uh, a walk before you run. I mean, a run, but sorry, a run before you walk mentality in bass that I see with like people who take lessons from me, where they just want to learn all the crazy stuff, but they haven't learned the fundamentals and things like that. But all things considered, I will take that. It's just good to see people excited about the instrument. Like, you know, in this genre and in general, like, it, I feel like it went through like a pretty bad drought where just no one cared. And the the kid from down the street who couldn't quite cut it on guitar was just the bass player, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah. With the Blackie Lawless, the instrument of ignorance is what he called it. Yeah. <laughs> right. As yeah. he was playing it. Yeah. And, a culture but it's of int- underachievers, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. just, oh, I'll just play bass. It's easy. <laughs> <laughs> totally. But it feels like the philosophy of bass has evolved. I mean, not just in metal, but just in, maybe even in general. Maybe not in hip-hop. It's still doing what it's doing. But you know what I'm saying. It just seems like there's a new way of thinking about the instrument. Do you, do you think that that's true? To some extent, yeah. I mean, there's definitely traditional people who still view it very much in its original context. But, I mean, you got to realize there's people alive on this earth that have, that were alive before the electric bass was invented. So it's not that old of an instrument, you know? So we're still working and figuring out what can be done with it. I don't doubt that in another 50 years, it will have taken on a whole nother context that we can't even fathom now, you know? I mean, who knows? But it's a young instrument, so we're all just still kind of feeling our way through the dark with it to some extent. Why was the, Why did you bring the effort back to uh, creating another 
band, like going out on your own stuff with with Entheos instead of like sticking with just the solo stuff? Well, I didn't intend to immediately get back on the road in, in the metal genre. I really wanted, after stepping away from the faceless, I wanted to take a little bit of time and just kind of just work on music, you know, and be at home with my wife and just doing normal people stuff. But the band, this band, the idea for it kind of hatched very quickly to the point to where some people thought that I left the faceless to do this, which really wasn't the case. When I left the faceless, I was just kind of going to fly without a net for a little while. I didn't really feel hugely motivated to do another solo album. I just didn't know what I was going to do. I just felt like it was time to make a change, you know? So it was kind of like a leap of faith. Definitely didn't intend to start a new band from nothing at all, man. I mean, if anything, it would have been that somebody's in a band that was already established yeah. would have called me and I would have went, joined up with them. That's probably what I would have foreseen happening more than this. But Naveen had an idea to do a metal band. He'd been away from it for quite a while. And once I was available, he thought, you know, obviously it made sense for us to play together. We've always been a good rhythm section. And at the thought of that, I was very, really excited. I didn't expect the band would be like this. I thought we'd just make an EP and put it out and see what happened. And But we've been like on the road nonstop and it seems to be taken off kind of in its own modest way, you know? I could picture the wife when you say, hey, look, I'm leaving this one payday, her kind of going, huh, you know, giving you a bit of a hard time. But then when you say, and then I'm going to do something that I'm going to work and it's barely going to pay anything at all if I'm lucky, <laughs> then she really yeah. would probably give you a, a real earful. How did that all go down? Well, the only reason I've been able to do this for as long as I have is because um my wife's so supportive, man. She's the person that kind of keeps things going, you know. If anybody who's done this business knows on any level, metal or whatever, there's peaks and valleys to your income. Um, and she has a consistent job. She's a school teacher. So she's able to hold us down when there's a drought and all that stuff. And um, she's always. I thought you were going to say of, she was a drummer. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, she doesn't play music at all. Um, but it's, she's just been really blindly supportive of whatever I've chosen to do. So I, I think she also sees the importance in me doing things that are going to fulfill me. And like with the faceless, I really did enjoy being in that band. Um, I really did. And I really liked their music. As far as metal goes, they were one of the few bands that would have essentially brought me out of retirement when I, because when I joined the faceless, I was, I didn't think I'd be in, playing metal again really um but they kind of brought me out because i do respect them and their musicianship i really do i think they're a good band but there was like a limitation inside of that band where it's like that's very much somebody else's band you know that's only gonna go so far as even though i kind of did make a name for myself as the bass player of the faceless and carved out my own little niche and i think people when they think of the lineup of the faceless they probably i probably fit in there somewhere ultimately it was never going to be my band whereas this we're just in this thing together we're building it up together so whatever success we have is success for everybody you know whatever failure we have is failure for everybody and um i think the potential for real you know valuable gain is higher with this band eventually how so well, I just mean um, in terms of monetary and just like emotionally fulfillment and things, you know, and musical fulfillment. Like, um, 
because it's all going to be an even split between our band and we're treating it like we're all co-owners in the band, it's got more potential for financial gain. Also, this band encourages me and pushes me to really put my style on the record, whereas with The Faceless, I was kind of adhering to a previous style, which I really did like and thought was best for the project. But like on this new project, you can really hear me do the things you might expect me to be doing, you know, on the record. And the bass is loud, and they really want that. The band wants that. Whereas with The Faceless, it was like the bass is fundamental, low, smooth tone, meant to support all the great other stuff that was going on. It's more of a forefront thing in this band. I think the fans have acknowledged that, too. And and that's cool. So I think in multiple ways, there's just room for more positivity. And also, I don't see this band being like the faceless in the sense of uh, like a revolving door of band members. You know, that was kind of hard on me. Like, you establish relationships with people, and then you just see these lineups changing and people leaving all the time i, I, I like stability for the band what was the cause you know? of that on the inside uh, probably something different for every member i don't want to get too much into that um for me it was really just i felt like i got i'd gotten what i needed to get out of it i kind of hit a wall with it like for me personally uh the just the gap between albums was like something that was hard to deal with i mean just since i've left the faceless i've played on like well, Entheos alone has put out an EP and a full length, and we've already got like three or four songs like pretty much written for the next release. So it's like, that's the kind of production I'm looking for, you know, in terms of creative flow. Like, to wait years between albums is kind of stifling, you know? So that was a major reason. And then like the things I said before, not being a full owner of the band, having it kind of be one guy's band, it just felt like, just think of it like at a job, if you're like, you work at McDonald's and you're a manager, you're not going to get any more money or any further. You're the manager, you know? Yeah, and you're still, but you're still working for somebody else. And you're still working for somebody else, yeah. And you don't really know how much uh, whoever owns that store is making off the store. You just know that you get paid this much and it's kind of like, oh, uh, well. Yeah, no matter how hard you work, it's never going to go up or it's never going to go down. It's going to be what it is. And, yeah. And yeah. then you're also creatively sort of victim to that one style as well. You know, it's not everybody's input like with Entheos, right? I mean, it's really just, it's got to exactly. be this way. And whatever it that is, vision is. It is, know. but that being said, though, I still think, uh, you know, Michael Keane's the main guy yeah. that is in control of all that. He does a, He's a killer writer and stuff so he makes amazing music that really wasn't the issue as much as just just feeling kind of stagnant at the end of the day yeah. and wanting to push and do new stuff also the fact that when you're in a band you're kind of lock, locked out of a lot of other potential you know it's like oh yeah well we would have hit you up but we knew you were doing this and i just felt like i needed to open the door for new stuff to come my way and sure enough in a very short amount of time that worked. You know, it sounds like a, yeah, it sounds like you're telling the story of how I met my wife. 
It's like, oh, <laughs> you know, I need to free myself up here and, uh, you know, make it so that I'm more available to people. And then I wind up meeting uh, the chick I'm going to be with the rest of my life. It's like, oh, I thought you a- were. I thought you were going to say you met her while you both were managing McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you know what I'm saying? It's like as soon as you're able to clear your headspace from from that stuff, you suddenly see like this cool thing that's going to be awesome, which is the new band. Yeah, yeah. And it's kind of... Well, and somebody you worked with before with Naveen and, and all that stuff. And you, you guys seem to be do really well together. Yeah, we do, man. It's a good fit. It's a good fit. I think I'll definitely be doing this for quite a while i mean you never know what could happen but i don't i, I plan to stick with this one for a bit for sure that's awesome how much Faithless is the, was the first the, band i've ever left actually as a yeah. side note it's kind of weird yeah. it's a struggle huh. how much of like being evan brewer the brand is on purpose oh man that's a, that's a pretty good question i don't know i've never really thought about okay. that i mean i definitely purposely set out to make solo albums so there's some degree of branding that will inevitably happen with that i just felt like i guess a lot of it's pretty much on accident i mean i don't as a bass player i never wanted that lead guitar player spotlight i picked to play bass because i like liked everything about it being like the support guy kind of being behind the scenes all that stuff so i guess i've a I've gained more attention for playing bass than i ever thought i would i can definitely honestly say that but to make the reason for making the solo albums, like we talked about, those albums previous that I had done with bands previous to me making solo albums, I didn't think you could hear the bass or like you that the average person really knew what I could do. And people that would see me play outside of my band would always say, "Man, you have got to do something to show people because we don't like the people don't know. Like they'll be surprised, you know." And so I felt like there was this whole other side to my bass playing that wasn't necessarily getting any attention. And why shouldn't I put that out there? And I just kind of can't. I always thought it was like corny to do like a bass video or to make a bass album. I just, I wasn't down for it. I, I just thought it was lame. So finally I just said, you know what, lame or not, I'm just going to put myself out there a little bit and share this with people it might be something that only a hundred people ever buy or like, but those hundred people will get something out of it. I knew there was somebody out there that would appreciate it, so I just kind of did it. Uh, so those albums are kind of like your business cards in a way. <laughs> it's it's the 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 real. Yeah, I mean, for me, it was just like I felt like, kind of like a tortured soul. I was like, man, I just need to put this out there. I don't know what it's going to do. It doesn't really matter what it's going to do. I'm just going to do it. And then um, I never had that. When I made the first album, I never had the idea to have a record deal of any kind, but um, I sent it to Ash at Sumerian because he's my friend. Just wanted to be like, yo, check it out. Because he had seen, because I made a video. I made one YouTube video because I was like, oh, God, I guess I have to do this. And it, like, took off. People liked it. And so um, from there, he was like, man, I'd like to actually put that out. I'm going to if you're interested because because he was putting out a couple other like instrumental projects and wanting to do a little bit of that and i was like well sure why not i'm lazy that works for me i don't (laughs) less stuff i have to do so we put it out and it's kind of just grown from there and like even though it conflicts with my natural i'm just not naturally uh, like a look at me give me your attention and shower me with praise kind of guy low key i don't care about that stuff 
but I have to admit that it's, it has been very nice to have people say positive things about me as a player and uh, be able to appreciate, you know, what I've been able to do with the bass or what, for whatever it's worth. You know? It's so funny. There ought to be like musician dating game because in a way, it's like when you go, "I'm lazy, but I like to support my friends." I immediately go, "Bassist." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, well, dude, it's it's been awesome talking to you, man. Evan, Evan, one of the best bass players out there today. I'm going to shower you with praise and make you feel uncomfortable oh, here and I'm just tell you how awesome you are. I can't wait for uh, everybody to hear this Entheos record. If they haven't checked it out yet, they need to. Uh, I think they're going to enjoy it for sure, man. So uh, we appreciate you coming on, man. Hey, thank you guys very much for having me. I appreciate the time. It's good to talk to you. Yeah.
What's up, everybody? I'm Toby Morrell from the Bad Christian Podcast, and I wanted to let you all know about the brand new Jabberjaw Media Block on Adobe Radio. Tune in every Thursday night from 5 to 8 p.m. to hear brand new episodes from the Modern Vinyl Podcast, as well as new episodes from one of my very favorite shows, Break It Down with Matt Carter. All you have to do is head to adobe.com, that's I-D-O-B-I.com, and tune in every Thursday night from 5 to 8 p.m. to hear some of your favorite Jabberjaw Media Podcasts on Adobe Radio. The loneliness of loving someone can steal your eyes and spill the hope you
New music from a band by the name of S F's. I think E T H S is how you spell it. French metal band. I'm not even going to attempt the song title. Just make sure that you look it up uh, in the post there so you can find out. What, the new album's called Anka. Uh, but uh, but yeah, I can't even. I'm not even going to get close it's to like, the name. Come on, France. You know, look, you talk English because we know you speak it. We'll take Metricon. Everything's <laughs> fair. You know, fair trade. Uh, no, because uh, I can't do metric. No, forget that. That's all. That's the, what decimal points. No, no, I need. I need fractions. If I don't have fractions, I'm I'm fucked. I I really need fractions in my life. You can so do fractions in metric. Well, <laughs> you can, but they're all even. God damn it! Yeah. Uh, thousands. <laughs> they're logical. Yeah, they make sense. No, no, I need like eights. Son of a bitch! It's like that's not gonna work. Uh, good stuff though. I really, really dig what they're doing there. That's uh, and that new record uh, is is damn good, man. So uh, enjoy. I hope you do. Now, back half of the show, we want to talk about this thing with Monuments dropping off their tour with the Contortionists because uh, they're dumb. Um, they, no. they, yeah, uh, they dropped on the tour and it, quote to, to because of finances, basically, is what they were saying. They couldn't afford to yeah. keep going. Yeah, that sucks. It, it's it super sucks. And, you know, I mean, when you're a band of the level of monuments, you know that there's something screwy going on if you can't even make enough to make it to the next gig. You know, this is a they didn't drop off the tour because they wanted to they dropped off because they really really had to like like they didn't have enough money to make it to minneapolis or wherever they were heading next you know it was like we could either do that gig and then we might not put any fuel in the van to get to the next gig or we go home now and that sucks but i don't think that i don't think it sucks i think that's just dumb i mean a a band at that level should at least have some kind of they should be able to figure that shit out I mean, you know, and and that's that's what's sort of aggravating is like those guys are really good. You know, I want to see them be successful. They've got really good music, and and I think and, Monuments are one of the greatest bands like on freaking earth. You so know, I, I mean, I think they're amazing. Yeah, and I mean, and and that's the thing is like, okay, so what 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 the fuck? You know, it's like what what what's going on here? Because they're obviously not thinking ahead. And you pointed out from the fact that uh, you know when we saw them play here in Austin, and they didn't have like anything on their merch table yeah and they didn't they weren't taking credit cards and i get it they're a, not an american band but that's a huge revenue stream there's got to be a way to get credit card acceptance just for, for the short term you know you got to pull it off because there's too much money involved in not doing it i was ready to plunk down you know oh, yeah, not exactly. huge bucks but i was gonna i wanted to get the cd i wanted a shirt you know that comes out to about 30 bucks yeah 30 35 you, bucks yeah there had to have been another 10 people that would have done the same thing. Four of them had cash and six of them didn't. Yep. And, and not to mention that those that had cash, if it, they were taking credit card, would have been like, ah, you know what? I'm going to use my credit card because I don't have enough cash to buy everything that I want. And, and you know, credit card is magic money. So I'm going to buy everything I want. And that's how people's thinking. But at the same, but also at the same time, though, you look at the table and they didn't have anything to choose from. You know that that was the other thing that was kind of like uh, the, the, the only black T-shirts. Stop doing it, people. Come well, on. and and not even only black T-shirts, but like one design, two designs tops. I think maybe that and the CD was there. Uh, I don't remember seeing much else uh, on top of that. And that's the kind of thing that you know. I know that it's expensive on the front end to kind of get that stuff you know made up and to to get it all all prepped. But that's kind of what you're 
job is, is it not? I mean, you, as a band, you've got to have that stuff ready for your fans because that's what's going to fuel you and keep yeah. you moving and keep yeah. your band moving forward. And if you're not prepared to deal with that, then I don't get why I don't get why you're even out there. You know, and, and doing it. I mean, are they those guys have gone through a lot. I don't know what's going on with the singer, but the singer was not on the tour. He backed out like right before the tour started. Maybe it's you know something a, a family member or something, something like that. But when you're yeah. when it's extended, it makes me think. Well, either they're like terminally ill and still won't die, you know, or they are. Uh, you know, or or it's something else that's personal that is taking well, a long time to work through. You know, well the but other thing, whatever that, it is, they need that guy out there selling shit for him too. Because that guy's, I'm going to say it right now, he's the greatest front man in metal. And I don't, I don't know how you got to cart him out, but you got to cart him out and put him on stage, whatever it takes. Well, but I also think that I also think that this is um, <sighs> the problems that happen within bands. Uh, I had this discussion with a local band, right? I was talking to somebody about this uh, and their band as far as what they needed to do. He's like, what do we need to do to get on radio? Or what do we need to do to get on Sirius XM? What do we need to do? What's what's the next steps? I'm like, okay, well, do you have your band uh, licensed uh, and trademarked? Uh, what? Uh, your trademark. Do you have all that stuff squared away so you got the name and you own all that stuff? Uh, no, no. Still, we, we, we need to get on that here sooner or later. Okay, okay. Well, do you have, uh, are you guys incorporated? Do you have the name, like, incorporated so that you've, you've got your business entity, so uh, you guys are working all your money through your bank? Oh, yeah, we, we've been meaning to do that. We've been thinking about that. I was, and I just looked at him in, in the face. I said, look, I was like, the, <laughs> almost 100% of the time, the thing that will fuck up your band and make people fucking hate each other for the rest of your life is money. And and that is going to screw you. And if you don't deal with that now, before you start doing anything, whether it's pressing up a shitty EP that's in a paper thing that you fold up together and staple, your people are going to be getting butt hurt because they're not getting the right money that they think they should be, or so stuff's going to happen. That's how the yeah. drama starts. Yeah, you need to have some sort of agreement with each other, if nothing else, you know, like just something written down, even if it's an email yeah. that you can refer back to is something that says, you know, hey, look, these are the songs that you did co-write and we're going to say that it's this yeah. much, you know, you know, all that stuff needs to be, you know, put down. It's got to uh, be on but, paper and it's got to be ready to go, because if it's not, then people get really weird about that stuff and, and your best friend can fucking turn on you and uh, seen it happen. We've heard about it happen. We've seen what happens when that kind of stuff. You know, we talked to Evan Brewer, and that was one of the things he talked about with the whole Faceless thing. With, with, with you know, basically, he didn't have ownership of that band. You know, he's a hired person uh, by somebody who has a, a full stake in it, and that's different. You know, that you treat it differently. So it, it's, you have to be prepared. And I'm not saying that's what's going on with Monuments, but I can guarantee you that if the singer's dropping off and they're having trouble with this and finances are having trouble and all this other stuff. When your finances are in trouble, your band is not long for the long for the world. Yeah, you, you got to put the next album's got to kick ass and you need to get a manager on board. You know, yeah. somebody who's willing to take 20 percent at the back end or 15 percent at the back end, because then it will take care of all the other shit. They're going to introduce you to somebody who will go to you and say, hey, look. Uh, I, yeah, I know you guys don't have money to print shirts. I'll tell you what. I'll put up the money for the shirts. Now, I'm going to get a cut on the sale, so you'll make less at the back end, but at least you're not out of pocket now. Shit like that that makes things yeah. possible. 
You know, that's you need a guy who's going to do that for you. Somebody who's thinking about how much it's going to cost you to get from Chicago to Minneapolis to uh, Milwaukee, then back to Chicago so that way you can get to Kalamazoo in Detroit. He's going to figure out how much it's going to cost you because he knows how much gas is in the Midwest yeah. at that point. You know, that's the kind of dude you need. Can you imagine like how much shorter that tour would have been for monuments if gas was three bucks something a gallon mm-hmm. like it was not too long ago. Yeah. They're lucky that they survived as long as they did with gas at a buck a gallon, you know? Well, and and two, you know, I mean, you obviously need you got to have somebody that can do that. And if you got somebody in the band that can handle that, that's that's great. You know, and you know, more power to you, but they have to be Johnny on the spot with that shit. And there's not a whole lot of bands that really want to be dealing with that stuff while they're trying to to perform and do everything else that it takes to uh, to do a tour you know it's like it's yeah. you don't want you, you don't want to have to be dealing with that stuff because and i get it because like everybody in the band and when you're in a band as great as monuments everybody in the band your brain has to be thinking about nothing but being awesome right that's <laughs> that's that's a, you're totally absorbed in being awesome what do i do today i don't know just i just need to be awesome but you need somebody whose job is to make sure that you can be awesome tomorrow yeah and that is a manager that's his job and 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 you you, you hook him up and he's worth more than your bassist and and your merch <laughs> guy combined, right? So get him on board. And know your limitations. Know that you're really good at whipping your hair around and going, but that's all you're good at. You know, just be good at that, and yeah. then and, and then get somebody else. And I think that most most bands like they, it takes them, uh, you know, a lot of trial and error to get to that point to finally go. Wait a minute. Okay, this is why. You know, and 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 really understand why that that's necessary and what and what it's there for. Because I I think yeah, and it's sad to see a band like this yeah. go through this because it's like God, this is just rote. It's stuff it's that should be awesome. known. They're too awesome. They should be like you know opening for Slayer next year and 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 on that Gojira path, <laughs> you know. That's what they should be doing. That's a bit much, but maybe. But you know what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. These guys should be the future of metal. And when they drop off a tour because of finances, it's like, it's like I. It's not the fact that the audiences aren't there. Contortionists can draw. They draw a crowd. And and people love monuments and they love contortionists. Maybe they didn't like instrumental monuments. I don't know. I've never seen instrumental monuments, but. They, people would support them and they, they would crowdfund them. They would do anything for them. I know I would. They're, I only follow like three bands on my Facebook page and one of them is freaking Monuments because they're the freaking awesomest band on earth. This breaks my heart that they're not thinking about everything they need to think about in order so that they can be awesome tomorrow. Well, so basics, kids. Uh, there's a great book out there. Just uh, just if you wanted some DIY uh, I've talked about this. I don't know if I've talked about this book on the show before, but have we talked about Tour Smart before? No, I don't know. I don't uh, think so. Uh, did, I caught him during South by, uh, uh, what's his name again? Uh, oh, uh, uh, <laughs> God damn it. Uh, ah, um, Funny ass dude. Damn it. Um, ah, what's his name? Yeah. Um, Martin Atkins. Martin Atkins, yeah. yes. And I think, it, I think if you tweet at him, he'll send you a free copy of the book. Will he? But yeah, yeah, I think so. But dude, 
dude, it's 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 not even about just like okay, now we're gonna be DIY. If that's just not in your your thing, go get a manager. And when I see a band leave a manager, I'm like, it's just like it's like I pull out my watch and I don't wear a watch because it's 2016 and I don't buy vinyl either. But it's you know, I'm like, how long until they go get another manager? Because this is you know, I'm scared as shit. Of what's gonna happen with Dillinger Escape Plan? Because I think they're self managed now, and it's like, oh man. Are you sure? Well, don't you want to just focus on being awesome, guys? I don't know. I get I worried. Know. You know. I mean, things like and you know, you've been in the business long enough. You, you've got you've got some chops, and that's a little bit different. Uh, so, I mean, you can kind of figure that out, I guess. You know, but but I don't know. I feel like these guys just kind of jumped in and got in uh, above their above their heads before they you know they oh, jumped on the deep you, end and got swallowed. I'm too busy, right? But monuments are like, you know, like I said, one of the greatest bands on earth. So I'll put the offer out here. They need a little help. I'll be more than happy to give some advice (laughs) for free, for free. This is my free offer to monuments. Well, we're giving them advice right now. So first advice is to listen to the podcast. I'll give them the real shit. So here's what we do. Okay. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play. Then you can have all the advice that you possibly could need come right to your iPhone or your device right there while you're not on tour because you're sitting on your ass and you're about to go flip some burgers. So you'll have plenty of time to listen to the podcast and catch up. (laughs) Join our Patreon campaign so we can start the Hey Monuments Do This podcast. (laughs) That'll be uh, uh, once a week. We'll send you a 10 minute podcast with exactly how to run your tour. All right. It'll be great. That's how we'll manage people from now on. That's how we get paid. Uh, it'll be great. Yeah. So, uh, no, no. See, I'm telling, I'm, I'm offering it for free. No. Like, like, see, like, what are you doing, dude? Come on. Hey, you can't no, offer it for free. I, I, I'm, it's a, it's a piece of goodwill. I'll lead them to really great management. It's that like actually can focus and do it. I, yeah. It, I'll give them some crack. This is their free taste of my crack. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> no, as long as it's shaved, it's all good. All right. Yeah. Or waxed anyway. All right. Hey, uh, hey, can I give a quick shout out? Sure. Uh, Phil Boozman. Uh, I don't know. I haven't met Phil Boozman. I wrote a really great write up about a band that he saw uh, somewhere in Missouri. Final Drive. Final Drive. And uh-huh. it's, you know what? You know I'm always right, right? I'm always right. But when I see somebody else validate me being right, unsolicited. It does, I got, it does feel good. Yeah. It does feel good. Yeah, I didn't, I don't, I've never spoken with Phil Boozman. I don't have no idea. But like, Final Drive kicked my ass during South by Southwest this year. Love them. So go, go. I mean, the recordings are almost there, right? They're almost there, but go see them live. They're one of the best live bands I, I've seen. It, it, it's so great to see a band like actually like coming up and, you know, they're doing it and they're doing it the right way, you know? Well, and as soon as I saw that post, I was like, oh, all right, man. All right. That's cool, dude. I'm, How many uh, times have I told you, File Driver, come and go, you got to go see it. And I know. Like, yeah, well, no, it's because they don't on. ever fucking tweet me, you know? So, I mean. It's, I, it's, I tweet you. Well, you tweet me like when it's happening and you're like this six <laughs> hours ahead of me now. So, it's already over by the time I get the fucking tweet. So, it's like, well, that's. That doesn't make any sense whatsoever. I, dude, it's like a time warp <laughs> back to the future thing. I don't know how it works. The t- you know, flux capacitor makes time travel possible and shit man so but no i thought that was kind of cool that uh, that you got to see those guys and uh and yeah i still haven't seen them god damn it but you know yeah i yeah. will at some point i will because yeah we had Everybody them on uh, we did them out. on the, the one minute to midnight right one minute to midnight yeah i mean it was just you know yeah. for all the bands that that, that want to know how to do it just 
I'm telling you, these guys, they know how to do it every step of the way, right? So they sent me a tweet at one point, like when early days of the podcast. Well, the first like, hey, thing man, is they listen to the podcast. They listen to the podcast. So that was cool. And they're like, hey, we're playing. And, you know, I have no friends. So I go see them, you know? So I go see them and they're freaking great. I was so, I was so blown away. I bought them all beer, which I never do for anybody, right? And then like, uh, you know, stay in contact and, you know, I go see them again. They're great. I go see them again. They're even better than before. And meanwhile, look at their merch booth, man. They got different colors. They, the dude bought a press so he can like make his own shit at home. He makes his own shirts and stuff. Smart. Any shirt he wants to do, Smart. he does it. And he gets, yeah, and he gets it for like dirt cheap to do it. Mm-hmm. It's awesomely, he's thinking. And those guys never stop touring. Just yeah. constant touring. And are they on a label? No. Are they like a household name yet? No. Not until the household listens to the Metal Sucks podcast and they hear me talking about how freaking great Final Drive is. <laughs> All right, then. All right. Well, this is a shining endorsement from Godless. All right. There you go. Kudos, Phil Boozman. Uh, good times. Good times. Let's wrap this thing up, dude. Uh, I already told you to subscribe. All that good stuff. Uh, let's see. Social media. At Bearded Ape is where you're going to find me. At Godless Speaks. Godless Speaks on Facebook. And this Thursday, I'm going to do like a thing on Spotify. This Thursday. So please uh, uh, follow me on Facebook and Spotify. Godless Speaks. We'll do, do a, like a listening party thing for an hour. All right, and uh, find us on Instagram at Chuck and Godless, and uh, find us at chuckandgodless.com. That'd be our Patreon if you would like to subscribe. Uh, give us a couple of dollars for all of our, you know, shilling for whatever bands that are out there and uh, what we do every week. We would appreciate it because uh, you guys are awesome. I swear. I'm going to give you some extra <laughs> stuff this week. I promise. I promise. I really do. Uh, it's not busy or anything. So, yeah, it's going to happen. So until next week, make sure that you uh, do all of that stuff that we just mentioned in the last five minutes there and uh, and check us out. Uh, <laughs> I am Chuck. I'm Godless. And this is another Metal Sucks podcast. You've been listening to the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Jabberjawmedia.com. Shh.